Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess? I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hey, hi, welcome back. Last week, I mentioned that there were two topics that I had in mind that I wanted to talk about, and I took a poll, and so it was was between gun control and our wedding, and obviously the wedding one, so that was the episode last week, and then I mentioned that I would talk about gun control this week, and um, so this is... This is a topic of interest to me. I am not going to talk about gun gun, gun control right now. Um, But it brings me to something that I I want to talk about, which is, anyway, it's going to tie together in a sense. Because I've mentioned before that I have ADHD, and so I experience a certain level of executive dysfunction and uh, some motivational issues and different kinds of things, which I've learned over the years to build up coping strategies and whatnot. But one thing that occurred to me after I recorded the other episode, I, I thought maybe I should record one on gun control right away, but I kind of, like, it faded. And so... So this is something that comes up for me a lot and is problematic for me because things that interest me in the moment don't have um, sustainability. So something like gun control, it became of interest to me, like it was, it sort of was like a little light went on in my brain, right? And I thought, I really want to talk about this thing in the moment. And I mean, so... To be clear, I have had an interest in gun control for over a decade. I remember being in high school, learning about Columbine, um, and that was sort of where things started for me, and I started doing more research on it and starting to understand it better. So I've had an interest in this for a long time. What I know and don't know and like my understanding of things kind of wanes with time because I don't sustain that sort of level of research. But anyway, so it's not something that I just like – overnight decided I had an interest in, but I felt like I had a really good sense of what I wanted to say on the issue two weeks ago. And now I was like, I was thinking about recording this episode about gun control. And I thought, I don't have the same fire. That light bulb has sort of really dimmed for me in the last two weeks. And so I don't feel prepared to speak on it at this point anymore. And this is the thing that happens to me all the time. Something becomes of interest in a particular moment. I want to, like, you know, verbal diarrhea, (laughs) something about it. And sometimes I do, and sometimes it's just, like, socially. Like, I just have a good in-depth conversation with a friend or something. Sometimes it turns into a podcast episode. Um, But it doesn't stay there. I kind of move through it, and then I move on. (laughs) And so that's a problem because, like, yeah, last week I said, oh, I'm going to talk about gun control next week. And then the time comes when I'm going to have to actually talk about it. And I'm like, I I actually can't. I can't do justice to that right now. And my instinct is 
to avoid recording anything. I want to pull back and go, oh, I, I don't have the right topic this week to talk about. Um, you know, like I just feel like I've sort of failed in that sense where like I said I was going to do something, but I'm not going to do it. Um, or the other thing that sometimes I think about doing is just trying to fake it essentially and just record it anyway, even though I don't have the same level of coherent thoughts um, the same level of conviction and passion as I had two weeks ago about this topic. So I don't know, this is, this is a thing for me though. Like this happens all the time that, or, and not just, uh, sorry, it just happens that things come and go for me in terms of how passionate I feel about them. And I'm not analytical or I don't know what the word is and maybe not analytical, but it's something where, I can think about talking about something and hold on to that for a sort of extended period and still talk about it at some point. I feel like there are people out there who have that ability and that is not me. I'm a fleeting moments kind of person. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what I want to talk about today, though, is some of this this experience of executive dysfunction. I saw a TikTok this morning and this is how often my, I, I do plan some episodes in advance, but sometimes I just see something and I go, that's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> so this is what's happening today. I saw an episode or I saw a thing on TikTok and I was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to work through this problem right now of not being able to speak on the topic that I said I wanted to. And <clears throat> so this might be something to talk about instead, right? This idea that like there are things that my brain does that are a little bit different than what other people's brains do, perhaps slightly out of the norm. Um, and so maybe we can talk about that instead. So we're going to talk about that instead. Um, so basically this TikTok was, it was funny. It's a guy, I actually don't know if, even if I follow him yet, but I'm going to. Um, and basically he was like, oh, it's so hard to explain executive dysfunction to people who don't experience it because, you know, I want to do the task, right? I have this task in front of me and I want to do it with every fiber of my being, but I can't. And I'm thinking about do the task, do the task, do the task, just do the task. You're anxious because you haven't done the task yet. And yet I can't. And then he said, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I have a toddler inside my brain and I have to appease the toddler by bribing them. And I go, okay, um, you know, if we go to Target and we get these compression shorts that we need because we're in pain, then I'll buy you candy. And my brain goes, candy, I love candy. Let's go to Target. And and um, and then he made this comment about like he's gained like 40 pounds or something. And so, wow, yay, great. My, my solutions are also problems. And, um, and then he said this this point about um you have to so like sometimes the bribe doesn't actually work and you have to just wait until your brain lights up in terms of having a looming deadline and then you're like okay now I gotta get this thing done and you hyper focus on it and you get it done or whatever right um which also is not foolproof because there are times when you just just don't end up doing the thing and it can be really catastrophic in this person's case he was referring to a specific situation where he needs to find a new apartment and he's like I hope that sometime one of these things works out because like I need to move <laughs> and so so the, this is where um, the dysfunction becomes clinical is that like 
he could potentially end up in a situation where he has nowhere to go because he can't get his brain to do the things that he's supposed to do in order to line up a new living space. Um, and this happens to people. And so there's, and there's, you know, I don't know what the word, like I'm trying to think of how to explain it, but there's like kind of a, a spectrum for how, how catastrophic this can be for your life, right? Um, but I, I mean, I experienced this for sure. Um, I have for years struggled to muster the energy to do the things. And I was thinking about like this idea that it's not necessarily that a task has exited your mind entirely. Like that happens for me for sure. There are, there are small tasks that I just straight up totally forget to do. Even sometimes more I don't know, things that you would think would be more on my radar just fall totally off. But there are some things, usually bigger things, that I know beforehand have some pretty big consequences <clears throat> for not doing them that will just sit in my mind and still not get done. So <clears throat> this is a weird thing that I'm not sure a lot of people really understand because it's understandable in a sense if you just straight up forget things. If you're just like, oh, I'm so forgetful and then <clears throat> you just don't do it. But that's not always the case. And often it's it's the opposite of that. And so it ends up sort of this experience of like a paralysis around getting the thing done. And I find this to be true a lot with my graduate stuff, with my thesis um, that's more often been why things haven't gotten done because I can't motivate myself. And I don't even know if motivate is the right word. I can't get my brain and my body to connect and take action on something um, <clears throat> because I don't know why. I don't know what it is that that prevents me from accomplishing that. And I don't know what it is specifically about the, the thesis stuff that prevents it, but that is m most often. Because I think I've talked about this before, you know, like people look at the choices that we made for our family in terms of having our kids while I was doing the master's uh, project and uh, how having kids it's assumed that having kids was really what's held up getting it done over the years and stuff. And in my mind, in reality, that's not what it was. It wasn't about the fact that I had my kids. It was, there were lots of times when I would have the opportunity to sit down and do work and I just couldn't. I just couldn't do anything. I would just sit in front of the computer, honestly, for hours and be like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> or I don't know how to even start doing this thing. And this is continuously happening because, um, so I finished the master's thesis. I defended it last April, so pretty much a year ago. I had revisions to do then. <clears throat> and because that was a really tight timeline, like, you know, I had six weeks to do it and I knew that. Um, it was a little bit easier to go, okay, there is an actual deadline here, so I have to get it done by then. Um, and obviously we were in the thick of the pandemic starting out then, so it was stressful and I had the kids and stuff. So sometimes those extra p bits of stress can be 
helpful because it means that I don't have all day to sit in front of doing something. I have to mark off a time to do it and actually do it then because I'm not going to get another opportunity. Anyway, so I got the revisions done. I resubmitted it on time. And then I was told at the time, so I submitted it to the college and they have to review it and it has to be properly formatted because it's going to be published online um, in their database. So at the time I got an email back saying, you know, it'll take, (coughs) excuse me, it'll take um, two or seven to 10 days. It would, it would, they estimated to hear back about whether or not the formatting was correct. Um, And so that was like, again, it was six weeks. So the middle of May or something like that, (coughs) excuse me, a little froggy. And they didn't get back to me until September, pretty much. I think it was like late August, early September. And so in my mind, I was done. They never said anything about it not being complete until that point. So granted, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So like things are slow, but that was exceptionally slow. And I had already in my head exited stage left. I was done. I wasn't ever going to have to touch that thing again. (laughs) So when I got this email late August, early September, I was like, well, for God, (laughs) like, how am I going? I already had so much trouble getting stuff done when I knew that like it had to be done, blah, blah, blah. And it was just Oh boy, it was, it was daunting to think about doing. And I mean, this is again, formatting stuff, like the margins are off and some of the text is like a different size or my table of contents, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, it's the most painful part of this process. It's so, so painful. So I procrastinated for quite a while. Um, And then I think I got an email because I was graduating in November. I think November 10th, I graduated And I got an email from this guy again from the college. He's like, yeah, so you need to get this done. And this was like late October. You need to get this done, um, particularly because if like you can't, we can't issue your degree until we get the revisions in place. So then again, that was kind of like a, oh, okay, there's like a meaningful thing here that will happen or not happen uh, according to my ability to act. I still didn't do it. (laughs) And then I got the degree in the mail and I was like, oh, well, either he lied or he just, they made a mistake or something. I don't know. But so I still got it. So then I was like, well, now there's even less motivation. Like literally I could just not do it. (laughs) They're not going to take the degree back. Like not going to come to my house and be like, give that back. You can't have that. You didn't finish. So, I mean, theoretically (laughs) they could like, I don't know, they could do something, I'm sure, but like, I'm not a student anymore. So without any motivation whatsoever, I was like, ugh. ugh." So I left it until quite a while. Um, And then eventually I got an email from my 
my supervisor, one of them, and he was like, hey, so I got this email from the college and they're saying that you haven't done this yet. Like people want to read your thesis. You should do this for sure. And I'm like, oh, fine. And I was actually at the point when Bobby was going to be starting daycare again. So I was like, okay, I actually feel like I have a bit of mental space where I can breathe because that's all part of it too, is I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking after my kids. I'm trying to live through this whole situation. Like I don't have the mental capacity to think about this stuff right now, or even the time to think about this stuff. Ugh, it was just, it was too much. So, um, yeah. So then I said, okay, yes, I think I can get it done in the next couple of weeks. So I did, I got the revisions done and I was like, hopefully this is all cool. Good to go. Um, that was in like February. And then I got another email back a couple weeks ago being like, yeah, so I understand that this is really hard, but like there are still a couple of other things still that need to be done. I'm like, oh, for, for the <laughs> this is the worst. I, I'm so done. So done. Like why? And, and I mean, I also think to myself, you know, like you're literally talking about a couple of, of for like, um, you know, he, he says that the text, there's a couple of spots where the text size is different here or there or whatever. I'm like, I have done whatever I can to like correct the text size. I don't know why it would still be wrong. Um, but this, it, it's just so annoying because I'm like, why can't they just have somebody, can I not just send you a word copy? You can do it because you're the one who can see it. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> just like, oh. Anyway, so that's the kind of stuff where now I, I've got this email, I think two weeks ago, and every day I think about doing this and I go, nope, not today. <laughs> nope, it's not happening not doing it, like not literally thinking these things, but, but there's this, this, this tug of war in my mind of, well, I could sit down and just get it done, or I could continue to think about it and be anxious about it and wonder when I'm going to be reprimanded next for not doing it. Uh, yeah, I'll take that route, obviously, because that's the one that makes the most sense. No, I don't understand why I do this. I don't understand why it's not just a simple cost-benefit analysis of sit down and do the stupid, tedious things that won't take you very long, and then it's done over, uh, but, but I actually pick the route where I'm in constant fear of someone emailing me and saying, hey, get this done now, you need to do this, or, you know, like, why? Why do I do that? Um, and anyway, so hopefully my giving myself shit for this right now will mean that I'm going to actually do it, <laughs> but I can't, I make no guarantees. I make no guarantees at the same time. Like the biggest motivator for me to do it right now is that I do know that it's actually kind of an important thesis and people might truly read it. Cause one of the, one of the jokes often, um, is that when you write a master's thesis, no one ever reads it. Like your supervisors, your committee has to read it, but basically anyone who's not obligated to read it, nobody else does. But there is a possibility that people will actually read this thesis because it is different. It's not just another archeology span thesis talking about the same plain stuff that's been going on, you know, phytoliths and stuff. Like it's a, it's a relevant, important part of the field right now. So it, 
it may have that anyway, but that in itself scares the crap out of me. Then people are going to start judging it <laughs> and having opinions on it. And I'm not ready for that. So anyway, that's the biggest thing that, that keeps me, uh, like that, that, that I have the inability to, to think about or to work on. But there are other things like, even, like I said, this podcast, you know, my, my instinct right away was to, make an excuse for why I couldn't record an episode this week and not do it because I couldn't think about the thing that I wanted to record on. And then I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to think of something else to talk about. I'm going to find another topic and just do that because I feel that it's more important that I just keep showing up, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not exactly what I was expecting or what I was, what I was um, planning to put out it's better to show up imperfectly than to not show up at all. And that's something that I've, I've really tried to teach myself over time, um, just being consistent and just continuing to be there and to show up because there is value in that. Um, the other element to a lot of this, which I honestly just laugh about, is that I build things up in my mind as being very onerous and very overwhelming and big tasks. And, and it's funny because I do the opposite also. <laughs> I think certain things are going to take a certain amount of time and they take two times longer and so then it sets me back. But more often than not, especially now, tasks that I have to do um, are way less onerous than I anticipate that they're going to be. So um, I'm going to revisit my planner that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago because I've continued to do this sort of strategy of writing things down as I need to get them done. And so I'm at the stage now where um, about once a week, I write down all of the things that need to get done and then I just start checking them off the list. And so... Uh, I felt like I had a lot, a lot of stuff to do. I felt like, um, yeah, I felt like I had these huge tasks and so many things to get done. And so I had to really prioritize and all that. And so I made this list of things and then I worked through them and in my mind, it was going to take me a couple of days to do all this work. In reality, it took me approximately 45 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm already done? Oh, well, that didn't take long. Like, I was so overwhelmed by how much work I had to do, and yet it was basically an hour's worth of work. It was nothing. And... I don't know what that is. And I find, again, this happens frequently, that I build up tasks in my mind that they're going to take so long. They're going to be so difficult. I did this with, like, um, we were doing our taxes recently, or Nick was doing our taxes, and then he would say, I need X document, I need the T4E, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it's so much work to do that. But it's actually not. It's not. And... In my avoidance of things, I end up spending more energy than if I just did them, honestly. And it is, it's gotten to a point where it's quite frustrating because I know now, after a number of times of doing this, of going, oh, I've got all these things I got to do, 
And so this is like a cycle for me. I let things build up, build up, build up. And then I go, oh, I'm so overwhelmed with all these tasks I have to do. And I write it all down. And then I take 45 minutes or even half of a day and I just work through all of it. And I go, wow, that did not take me long at all because I'm a competent, intelligent person. Like, intelligent? Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. (laughs) Anyway, like, I'm not stupid, you know, I'm not incompetent. I have a, the ability to think and to to put things together if I need to. You know, if I'm going to have if I have to, up to upload my episode and I haven't pre-uploaded it on the thing and I got to think of descriptions and stuff, it's not that hard to think about these things. Um, or if I'm doing my committee work and I have to edit it and look at uh, look at the the phrasing that I've used somewhere. I'm familiar with what I'm writing, so it's not like I have to reinvent the wheel and think of something new and fresh. Like, it's, yeah, I, I, but for some reason, that's what it feels like before I do the thing. It feels like it's going to be very intellectually exhausting, and it isn't, usually. Most of the time, it's not. When I was in university, sure, yeah, lots of things were intellectually Uh, exhausting and challenging, but then I felt empowered by that. So it doesn't even really matter if it is intellectually challenging. It, it's just, it's good. It's good for me to be challenged in that way. And yet I still avoid it. I don't know. It's, yeah, this is a strange thing for me, but I'm starting to understand these things, these things better, especially through TikTok, which is so strange to me, like so so weird that TikTok has has such a great it's such a great platform for educating on these things and for just learning more things about yourself right you can learn things about other people and you can learn about yourself as a neurodivergent I've learned so much through TikTok about like my own patterns of behavior and um, things that I hadn't even really thought about being like a symptom of ADHD right actually there was this one thing that somebody made a video of like something that you do, and I forget what the hell they, what they called it, but basically, I realized that there's a thing that I do in my my mind that is probably a symptom of ADHD, which never occurred to me. And what I do is, uh, <laughs> I repeat phrases and sentences and words like over and over and over again. And I break them down syllabically and by letter, and I count them. And so if a sentence doesn't end in an even number of syllables or letters, I find a way to rework the sentence to make it end in an even number of syllables or letters. (laughs) Like, saying that out loud and describing it feels so weird. Like, I've never mentioned to another person that that's something that I do, but I do it all the time. I think about a previous conversation and I fixate on a sentence or a phrase that's been used and then I just repeat it over and over and over again. And I do that. So I, if it's like something that a person said, um, I'll add the words, so she said, and then I go S O. S-H-E-S-A-I-D. How many letters is that? So I could break it into like S-O-S-H-E. No, it's too many letters. So I could make it, so she's said. (laughs) So then it's 
S-O, two letters, S-H-E-S, four letters, S-A-I-D, four letters. That's an even number. Like, yeah. (laughs) This is a weird thing. This is a weird thing. But I do this all the time. And again, someone on TikTok brought it up, started talking about something along that line, something similar to that. And it was like, whoa, I'm not the only person who does this. And this is probably the strangest thing I've ever admitted to doing. Um, but, and, and it's probably connected to this, this neurodivergent pattern of thinking and behaving. Um, so yeah, that's a weird thing that I do. I don't know if you do this or something similar. Um, sometimes I, I, I like tap my fingers together. It's sort of, I think it's along the same lines of fidgeting, but it's almost like mental fidgeting. (laughs) My brain can't sit still and it can't not have something going on all the time, like a, like a record on a player. Right. Um, but sometimes it's, it is physical. It depends on how anxious I am or, or I, I itch the top of my thumb with my index finger. Um, and then I have to itch the other one too, because it has to be even (laughs) anyway. So those are my quirks. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. I like talking about this stuff though, because I feel like it's probably pretty relatable um, to some. And to some, it'll be like, wow, that is weird. <laughs> but if you're a neurodivergent too and you do some of these things, then, you know, I see you. I, I'm with you. I think they're fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing these things. But it just sometimes it's nice to know that you're not alone and that you're not the only person who does these strange things with your body um, or your mind. But, yeah, I think... I think that's that's all I have to say for today. Just I, I kind of just wanted to go over this this stuff because it was bothering me a little bit that sometimes I get a hit of inspiration, but it doesn't last. The inspiration fades. And it's kind of painful sometimes because I was really excited to talk about gun control. And then I I felt it starting to fade and I thought, no, no, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And I didn't write things down. I think maybe if I had written down some of the thoughts that I had, I kept thinking about it, but I just didn't do it. Um, Then maybe I would have been able to revisit those things and re-inspire myself. So that's something that I'm going to try to do in the future is if I have an idea about something to take some notes about what it is that I'm thinking about. Um, and hopefully I can revisit it if I don't get to do it right away. But this is, I mean, essentially what I'm doing right now is just working through some and, and coming up with some coping strategies for the fact that um, I, I can't hold on to things all that long, all that for very long. Um, this is the problem with, with math for me. I have a, a very severe learning disability in math. Um, for some reason, letters, I don't have a problem with so much because for like, I hear people say that math is like a language and I understand that, but it do- I don't read it as such. I read words like language. And so letters and things stick in my brain better. Numbers don't. And I was explaining this to somebody recently as well, that similarly to this inspiration where where it'll light up in my brain, but then it fades, numbers fade almost instantly. 
So when I was trying to do math when I was younger, I would look at an equation and try to plug all the numbers into my head so that I could run them and then spit out a a solution, but they wouldn't stay there. (laughs) So I would have an equation with like, 3 times 15 or whatever and trying to remember because then I'd go with 3. Okay, so 15 and then 30 and then whatever is next. And so in in trying to add the last 15, I lose the 30. The 30 fades. And so then I go, what was the number again? And I mean, that's like a, a minor example, but that's essentially what happens. It just fades out of my mind. And so I can't, it's like I'm trying to grab it. Stay there, stay there. Just hang on. I'm going to find this other thing and I'm going to put them together. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't stay. So then I just find that trying to work with numbers is a really, really difficult task. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's anyway. But it doesn't matter now because I've, I've figured out how to, um, live a life that doesn't require a ton of mental math. I, I just rely heavily on calculators, <laughs> which is fine. The biggest thing, actually, this is a weird anecdote, but in my job, when I do field work, um, we have to measure out units, the one-by-one units, and there's a particular way of doing it <clears throat> where you take like those really long uh, meter tapes and you have this little, you know... Uh, there's this little sheet where you look and you go, okay, well, if you're starting your measurement here and you're going five meters north and you're going six meters east, um, what numbers do you have to look at on the tape in order to like make that make sense? Um, and so you, but you have to do another, another corner. So it's like one corner of four corners is X number. So then you move a little bit to the west and you go, okay, now we're at four, uh, five meters to the west and six meters to the north, or what, I can't remember what I said in the original example. Anyway, so you're trying to sort of figure out uh, that stuff, and but that the kind of thing does throw me off, and it is terrible because I get anxious about not being able to do it. I feel anxious that people are going to make fun of me and judge me because. I forget the numbers. I forget where we are very quickly. And and I feel that way because that's happened to me in the past, right? People have made fun of me because I forget a number very quickly. Um, and to them, it seems absurd that I couldn't have held onto that number a little longer. So, yeah, and but and what I learned not long ago, again, through TikTok, or I think it was TikTok, but something, uh, light bulb went off. And I realized that this is like a processing thing and that when I, f- when I let the anxiety get the best of me about whether or not I'm going to forget this thing, it makes me forget it faster. <laughs> and so trying to tone down that anxious feeling and go, okay, you can remember this, you can do this, it might take you just a touch longer, but you can do it. Don't worry about what what other people think about how long it takes you because it doesn't matter. (laughs) But that's been like 33 years 
in the making of trying to come up with that inner dialogue and trying to make that my primary dialogue, make that the the go-to uh, thing that I end up thinking. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard to override those parts of yourself that are just like, ah, oh, panic, oh, you can't do this, you're an idiot, and yeah. So anyway, I said like five minutes ago that I was going to be done. <laughs> and now, now I am. I just wanted to give that example. Um yeah, so that's me. I mean, that's part of me. That's part of my my whole existence is this constant struggle to hang on to thoughts and ideas and numbers. <laughs> so hopefully this was of interest to you or maybe it helped you, maybe you realized something about yourself, or maybe um, someone that you love, maybe it helps you to feel that bit of empathy towards other people and their experiences, I don't know. Um, But it's not gun control. (laughs) I think I'm going to try to um, pick up that that episode next week. But, oh, I should tell you this. Um, I am starting my field job next week. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be, like I have training on Monday and Tuesday. I don't know if I'm going to be in the field later that week. Um, So I may have to revisit the frequency of episodes coming out because if I do start working full-time, um, at this job or any other job for that matter, um, then I'm probably going to be light on time and being able to record episodes. So, uh, that's a possibility and I will keep you posted and let you know what the reality is going forward. Um, I'm not sure yet how it's all going to work out. Like I said, sometimes if I actually have less time available, I am more able to prioritize things because it means that I have to be on the ball with stuff and I don't have all the time in the world to do things, which is such a weird thing. But anyway, so I will keep you posted about what the future of the podcast is at this point. And um, yeah, thank you for joining me again. I hope that you enjoyed. I enjoyed talking (laughs) as I always do. And as I've mentioned before, I would love to um, get some ratings and maybe a review if you're into it on Apple Podcasts. That would really help. And I appreciate you being here. And I will see you in the next one.